Hey, podcast listeners, be sure to check out our website at www.dead-celebs.com, where you can find all of our past episodes, links to our social media sites, and more. Welcome to the Dead Celeb Podcast. Tonight, the tragic life and death of Lisa Marie Presley. Welcome to the Dead Celebs Podcast with your hosts, Brent Novak and Tana Satterley. Hello, Tana. How are you? I'm good, Brent. How are you? I'm doing great. Gosh, you got a pre-thought on Lisa Marie's life and death? Ah, you know, maybe just that she's the princess of rock and roll, grew up in the limelight and didn't really have a choice about it. You're absolutely right. Everything was kind of forced upon her and she couldn't get away. She couldn't Mm. get away. Our show format is changing. We are focusing solely on Lisa Marie tonight. There are no past celebrities that died and there are no who's alive and who's dead segments. Those will be their own separate videos and audio clips. So subscribe and like and everything else to listen to all those as well. And we're going to try to do this once a month and the other episodes will come out as well once a month. Let us begin. So Lisa Marie Presley was born in 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee, of course, to Priscilla and Elvis Presley. Jerry Schilling was a member of the father's close-knit posse uh, known as the Memphis Mafia and a longtime Lisa Marie friend. According to Schilling, the day of Lisa's birth, Elvis was calm and extremely nonchalant while Priscilla was neurotic. I mentioned Schilling because he's going to be at Lisa's side during her last public appearance at the Golden Globes. She was about four years old when her parents divorced, and then she split her time between her mother's home in Los Angeles and with her father in Graceland. It was obvious from everything that I saw and read and watched that her father adored her, that she was a princess, that she basically got anything she wanted and just ran around the house like she owned the place. Because she did. According to reports, there are a lot of Graceland employees that were actually afraid somewhat to tell Lisa she couldn't do this or that in fear she would go and tell Elvis. Yes. In fact, there was one housekeeper, maybe cook, who I think had baked a cake and Lisa Marie, you know, obviously wanted to eat it. And and she told her, no, your dad said you couldn't eat it before dinner. And she basically told her, I'm going to fire you. And I, I think she actually did. I'm going to, you're fired, like not letting her have a piece of cake. Wow. Well, when you're an only child and that your dad has that much power, that's in how how you even stop that. Exactly. So she had run of the household, father's daughter, daddy's girl, however you want to say it. He even named one of his planes, Lisa Marie. He had two planes, did he not? Yes. There was another called Hound Dog 2. There is an instance when Lisa kind of had her way with Graceland while Elvis slept during the day. She was driving the golf cart. Her grandparents got into the golf cart with her and said, you're not going to drive this. And Lisa said, oh, yes, I am. And took them fairly fast around Graceland. There was another time, according to eyewitnesses, that a fan went to Lisa and said, here's a camera. I want to pay you to go take a picture of your dad. She took the money, took the camera, and threw it on her side of the fence. So the the fan couldn't get the camera. I think I did that that was so funny i go lisa marie like i would do the same thing you know growing up like that with paparazzi always being in your face i would get tired of it too like go away 
Absolutely. If you and people buy your gate and buy your door, what a what a tiring, a tiring time. Yes, for sure. Two weeks before Elvis's death, he rented out Liberty Land, a Memphis amusement park, for a one night with Lisa and her friends of Elvis, including then Elvis girlfriend Ginger Eldon. Lisa mentions later that this was one of the happiest days of her life. Now, I'm going to mention Ginger Eldon because she is there when Elvis passes away, and so is Lisa Marie. August 16th, 1977, Elvis is found dead, slumped over, sitting on the toilet by girlfriend Ginger Eldon. According to sources, she did what she could to stop Lisa from witnessing her father's body and Alda trying to revive him. From witnesses' accounts, Graceland is full of people. Elvis's stepbrother is actually there as well. He runs to the side. He remembers witnessing Lisa standing outside the bathroom, frantic and not knowing what's going on. I think one of the articles that I read mentioned when she saw her father and she was sitting there frantic and didn't know what to do. And they finally kind of shooed her away. What did she do after that? Went out on the golf cart and just drove around. Well, that's what she was used to doing. That was her escape. Yeah. I mean, at nine years old, I I mean, I, I can't imagine. With the death of Elvis, the estate went to three people. Elvis's will appointed his father, Vernon Presley, as the executive and trustee of the estate. The beneficiaries of the trust were Vernon, his daughter, Lisa Marie, and grandmother, Minnie Mae Presley. Elvis's mother, Gladys, died 19 years before him in 1958, hence her exclusion from the will. At the time of the death, Elvis's net worth was hovering only around $5 million. Wow. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll come back to that. In 1981, she was around 13 years old. There was an interview with her mom and her mom said, it's like overnight she became a different person, Lisa Marie, you know, and I mean, you're hitting that pivotal teenage age. I think that her mom had a lot of trouble disciplining her. Uh, Obviously she got whatever she wanted when she was with her dad. Then she had to go home to her mom and her mom had to try to be the disciplinarian. They fought and it just, it couldn't have been easy for Priscilla in my opinion. I can't imagine having a spoiled child like that and then trying to set some rules and boundaries. Yeah, it's just, it's almost impossible. So I think there was a lot of turmoil in her teenage years. She did reference some drug use early on. In fact, at age 17 in 1985, her mom literally dropped her off at a Scientology center in the middle of the night. And she was there for eight months. And I believe within the Scientology center, there was, they had some sort of rehab set up. And she went through that program, and that is where she met Danny Kehoe, her first husband. Later, they get married in 1988, and they have their first child, Riley, in 89, and then a couple years later, had their son, Benjamin. Yeah, it sounded like that marriage lasted for about six years. They divorced in uh, 1994. After the divorce, they had joint custody of their two kids, Benjamin and Riley. Riley had said to Danny, when I grow up, I want to be poor like you, because Danny did not live a lavish lifestyle. He went from trailer to trailer to house to house and mostly living off Scientology funded money. Didn't have a lot of Lisa's money. It's interesting that Riley said at maybe seven years old, she said, I want to live poor like you, daddy, as he was eating a bowl of cereal. I'm guessing on the age of that. I'm guessing on the age. Sure, sure. But a, a child regardless. Let's talk a little bit about how Priscilla gets into Scientology and how John Travolta's attached to this. It sounds like actor Gabe Kaplan, who I'm not sure 
was a Scientologist or not. He was the teacher on Welcome Back, Carter. He reached out to Travolta and said, I'm friends with Priscilla and they're interested in how you are handling your demons. That fateful meeting, though, I think that is important for Lisa Marie because throughout her life, John Travolta was there. And I think that she even references him and his late wife, Kelly, as mentors to her. So I think that's a, an important relationship started out when she was pretty young. When Lisa Marie reaches age 25, that is when the inheritance from her father's estate gets released to her. And at the time of his death, you mentioned it was worth around $5 million, but mm -hmm. 16 years later, it's worth around $100 million. And I do want to touch on that just a, a minute because... I think the reason that the estate was worth that much at that time, I think it's little known how much Priscilla invested and really made Graceland a tourist destination and really built that up for future generations. And I think it was savvy business that, that she was able to do that and why it was worth so much when when Lisa Marie reached 25. Interestingly enough, they will have a court battle later on. Priscilla and ends up being her granddaughter on access to any of that money. Yes, which we'll find out later was not that much money. After her quickie divorce from her first husband, Danny Kehoe, she gets married to Michael Jackson. And when I say quickie divorce, the ink was not even dry. Like it was 20 days after the divorce was final when she married Michael Jackson. You know, there was a lot of speculation about that marriage and whether or not it was a publicity stunt. I personally think that it was in part. Out of all the interviews that I watched her on, she said over and over that they were in love, that it was real, that she really loved him. But you got to wonder if there was, at least on his part, a lot of publicity grabbing antics. He would call ahead and let people know where they were going to be. Come to find out when he explained it to her, that's just the lifestyle. It's how to keep your audience engaged and, and keep people coming around, which so bizarre to me. That marriage, I feel like was doomed from the start. I mean, how can you have this powerhouse, you know, king of pop and the princess of rock and roll? It's just bizarre, right? It, it is bizarre. And I'm wondering why, if Lisa Marie gets involved in that, because she does want to start a music career. So mm -hmm. the publicity is good for her eventually, even though it doesn't happen right away. She doesn't, I, I'm surprised she didn't actually try to have a child with Michael because imagine the king of pop, the lineage of the king of rock and roll, that kid would have been under so much pressure to be the next Michael Jordan of music, you know? Well, actually, I think I can touch on that a little bit okay. because there were several interviews that she stated she did want a child with Ma Michael Jackson, but she wanted to wait and make sure that it was real between the two of them. She wanted to give their relationship more time. She imagined future, you know, custody battles and how that would just be horrific with Michael Jackson. I guess maybe it wasn't a great divorce from her first husband and the custody issues. And she just imagined it being 10 times worse and didn't want to have to go through that. So she was waiting on purpose. However, Michael Jackson's biological clock was ticking, 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 and he was not waiting. He basically told her, if you're not ready to have a child with me, right now, there's someone else who will. And that someone else turned out to be his dermatologist's nurse, Debbie Rowe. Strange woman. Even in the interviews I saw on her, 
I think that she was a big fan and she wanted the attention. I don't think she really wanted to be a mother. She kind of gave them up after they divorced. But basically, she agreed right away. And within months, she was pregnant. So I just think I, poor Lisa Marie, you know, like what a what a jab, you know, like you weren't ready. So ha ha, I'm going to move on. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a kid. I guarantee that woman did it for money. You don't give up two kids. I know it's two. I think the third one yes. was, was something else. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't, a mother does not give up two kids that easily if it's no. not part of the plan. Right. You know, the other thing Lisa Marie said in, in one of the interviews is regarding, you know, splitting up from Michael Jackson, um, she saw doctors and drugs coming in and that scared her. So I think that she was having a little bit of maybe a PTSD of, of her father, you know, being involved with drugs and, and all the doctors. And she just didn't want to go through that again. So there were multiple reasons. I think it was for the best. A couple of interesting tidbits before they even married. Jackson's accused of sexually abusing a 13-year-old boy named Jordan mm -hmm. Chandler. And they mm -hmm. settled out of court in January 1994. You know, it's a, almost a wag the dog kind of deal where like, look yeah. at here to avoid this, you know? Right. I, I believe the timing of their marriage was exactly for that reason, in my opinion. A couple tidbits about their wedding. Keo's younger brother, Thomas Keo, is actually an official witness at the couple's ceremony. We're talking mm -hmm. about Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley. Right. Keo's brother was there as a witness. Interesting. Isn't that odd? Right. Very exactly. odd. When the judge asked Michael, do you take this woman to be your wife? Michael responded, why not? Oh, wow. Huh. Check out our sister podcast, Talk Murder to Me. Step into the captivating world of true crime with an unexpected twist of humor. With John's compelling narrative and Jen and Nicole's amazing banter, this podcast offers an entertaining and unique approach to true crime storytelling. Talk Murder to Me can be found on any podcast platform, also streaming live Saturdays on YouTube. You know, I think... One of the interviews that I saw, again, you know, Lisa Marie talking about her marriage to Michael Jackson, she said, you know, when you're this person that's in the spotlight, who everybody knows, everybody expects all this strong personality, and you have these people who are not that well-known, makes them intimidated. So in her mind, finding someone that was equal to or greater to her fame was important and then liked being the female behind the male. Deep down, she probably just wanted to be a wife and a mother and did not want to have anything to do with all that fuss. But I don't think she knew how to get out of that. But if you look at Michael's kids right now, nobody talks about them. I don't see anything True. in the news on their kids. But for some reason, Priscilla was so beloved that Lisa became so beloved mm -hmm. through the years. And I think certain lineage just gets yeah. more attention, you know? Well, honestly, I mean, she really is a beautiful woman, was, because he was so beloved and it was such a tragic death and everyone missed him. They just, they wanted more. And I, I think that a lot of people expected her to, to go into music and eventually she did. But I, I think that they just wanted something more from Elvis, if, if and if it wasn't from him, it was from his daughter. They just, they, they couldn't get enough of that family. And I feel Riley's going to get that attention through the years, especially as her career begins to blossom. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. Claiming to be very much in love with Jackson, she added the Jackson hyphen to her name. Rumors stated that their honeymoon suite did have separate bedrooms, but nothing attached 
to that was confirmed. In September 1994, the couple kissed on stage at the MTV Music Awards. Mm. It, looks, it looks like he's so uncomfortable. Well, in, in later interviews, she, she didn't like the PDA stuff. And she said that she had been holding his hand so tightly, it was blue. In 1995, Lisa Marie was in the video, You Are Not Alone with Michael Jackson. Well, it's a really steamy video. Both of them are half naked. And that is really a point where awkwardness is very noticeable. Very noticeable. It's this weird choice. And it really, again, it's pushing towards that, like, I'm straight. I'm straight. Look at my beautiful wife. <laughs> Can you see me? I'm straight. Yes. I don't, I don't like little boys. Right, right. I hope I hope I'm not offending any Michael Jackson fans out there. We're not talking about his music. We're talking about his personal choices potentially. June of 1995, Presley told Diane Sawyer, "We do have sex." Yes. Yes, yes, the pair exclaimed, hoping this would lead to children. There was an incident in New York when Jackson was rehearsing for an HBO special where he collapsed. Lisa Marie went to the hospital where Jackson then asked her to leave. Weeks would go by with between them seeing each other, sometimes as much as six weeks or more. Presley did not even know where Jackson was some of the time. Wow. Publicity stunt marriage. I mean, if they're not even going to spend time together, if she's not going to even be there for him in the hospital and he wants her to leave, that's, that's not a real marriage. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Jackson wasn't a pedophile. Uh, me too. Needless to say, their divorce was final in August of 1996. In 97, Presley makes a video, Don't Cry Daddy, duet with her father. This video marked the 20th anniversary of Elvis's death. The video contains Elvis' original vocals were added. Very interesting video that she got a chance to sing with her dad. This shows that she's trying to get her name out there as a singer, slowly and surely, as we'll see in 2003, she does her best. Lisa keeps working with the Scientologists, including Isaac Hayes, and open up the Literacy, Education, and Ability Program, LEAP, in October. LEAP is run by Applied Scholastics, a group run by Scientologists. So then, fast forward a couple years after that, in 99, she meets a musician, John Ozaka. They get engaged two days before Christmas, but... That engagement is quickly called off five months after meeting Nicolas Cage. The, the party was actually in 2000 at the 52nd birthday party of Johnny Ramone of the band The Ramones. And ah. Cage, Cage was still with wife Patricia Arquette and Presley was still engaged to Osaka. If you Google what Cage was thinking when he saw Priscilla at the party, I guess she was in the middle of everybody. Mm -hmm. And he's got a long diatribe of how gorgeous her eyes were. And he goes on and on and on and how intriguing <laughs> she was. <laughs> the grass is always greener. It sure is. The two of them consistently fought. September of 2001, Presley and Cage are spotted together at an MTV Music Awards show after party in New York City. Once the divorce and engagement were final, both came out publicly to state they were now dating. Cage gave Presley two diamond engagement rings. The first, a $65,000 six-carat yellow diamond ring that was tossed in the ocean during a fight. They hired divers to recover the gem, but the but the ring was never found. Oh my goodness. So Presley states that 
Paige replaced the ring just two days later with an even bigger 10 carat diamond ring. <gasps> wow. I mean... Crazy, right? <laughs> well, and the thing is, I don't know who threw it. I don't well, know. That's if, true. You know and and <laughs> there was, I couldn't find anywhere where it said Lisa Marie sent through it or Cage through it. Interesting. <laughs> 2002, Cage and Presley marry in Hawaii on August 10th. This coincided with Elvis's 25th anniversary of his death. Later that year, for her efforts to help U.S. children learn study skills, Presley received the Humanitarian Award from the Church of Scientology, supported World Literacy Crusade on January 7th. On the 26th of January, the same year, Presley addressed U.S. Congress hearing in opposition to the use of medication in treating ADHD, stating, I have spoken to children who have been forced to take cocaine-like stimulants to control their behavior. I have shared the sense of sheer desperation. Children have been wrenched from their family cares simply because their parents favored an alternative drug-free approach to addressing educational and behavioral problems. Addressing the committee as an international spokesman for children's rights for the Citizens Commission on Human Rights, a group run by Scientologists. Presley expressed her view that parents should be informed about alternatives to drugs so that they may make an informed choice about their child's education and medical needs. I do agree with that to a point. I think that everybody's body is different and everybody reacts to whether it be prescribed or alternative drugs differently. So I don't think each case should be handled the same. However, I think that one of the things that Scientology is known for is their opposition to any type of medication for treating mental illness or, or any kind of mental disorder, right. which I think is wrong. Everybody's Absolutely. different. And I think that, you know, I believe personally that, you know, mental health, there are chemicals in our brain that some people, they don't, it doesn't work properly. And there are medication that can help even out whatever chemicals are in your brain function more better. <laughs> And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Part of me agrees that it shouldn't be the first option. It should be studied and it should Mm -hmm. be researched. And I think we are, as a society, do tend to push it too quickly. And Mm -hmm. again, like you said, everybody is different. So my six-year-old, after he has a bowl of Lucky Charms, is running around like a crazy man. Doesn't mean he needs ADHD. (laughs) He needs to get away from that sugary cereal, you know, like. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Every every case is different and and you know, parents should be allowed to explore the different options and it shouldn't be pushed on them. But at the same time, if they feel like, you know, they've exhausted their their options and they want to try some sort of medication, I don't think they should be shunned for that. Let's turn to Lisa Marie Presley's debut album. So she gets into music and her first album released in 2003, To Whom It May Concern. On April 8th, it reached number five on the Billboard 200 albums and was certified gold in June. So I think that is impressive, but I think it was more out of curiosity. If I'm being honest, I can't agree more because every song sounds exactly the same. And she had access to so many different producers and talented, talented people. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's good. I don't think any of her songs are good that I've heard anyway, which is sad. And I want, you know, looking back, I wish there would have been a song like, oh, I really like this. It Mm -hmm. just felt very generic, very much the same. Yes. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. 
I mean, looking at, you know, the list of some of her top songs, Dirty Laundry, I think that was about being in the spotlight. And a lot of it was about her life and it, it made sense. She could carry a tune, but I just don't think it was like a unique enough voice that was like, you know, wow, she's great. You know, like I think people just bought into it because of what her name was. Right. And her lyrics weren't bad. I, I, you know, from a poetry lyrical performer, <laughs> she wasn't bad. I found that interesting. The music with her voice didn't mix with the lyrics. And it yeah, all just there was something that was just not, not, right. yeah, it was off. I will say she did several songs that she remade with her father's voice on the track and then her singing along with him in the ghetto. I'm sorry. It's weird that she would pick that song to sing with him. That's right. This yes, that's exactly what I'm saying is why did she pick that one to do first? And then another was I Love You Because. Don't hate me, people. I'm not a huge fan of Elvis, of his songs. I mean, some of it was good, you know, like it's Elvis Presley, but but this one, all I can say for that was there was very good harmony. She did well with that, with blending her voice with his, and and that was sweet. I think, like you said, she was she was a good songwriter, and maybe she should have focused on that. And that's where I'll leave it. In May of 2004, Cage and Presley are officially done. They are divorced. Mm. 2005, her second album, Now What, was released on April 5th and reached number nine on the Billboard 200. Also that year, that was when Hurricane Katrina hit. Presley joined Oprah Winfrey and her Angel Network and was active in the relief efforts after the hurricane. Her quote was, I'm here because I definitely needed to do something. Just so happens, this is where I'm from. I'm going to do everything I can. People need help. This is a huge catastrophe and everyone needs to stand up. So she, she gave back and she did her part and that was admirable. I think deep down inside, she had a really big heart. I do too. And the second album used Danny Keough as a bass guitar player and also served as her musical mentor. Danny is my best friend. Always has been, always will be. I love him unconditionally, but we are not together. And I think that's sweet. And, and later on, we'll see, you know, that he was there with her up at, until the very end. At this point, she's becoming more closely involved in the management of the Elvis Presley Trust and its business entity, Elvis Presley Enterprises. And until February 2005, she was owner and chairman of the board when she sold 85% of the estate's business holdings to CKX, excluding Graceland itself and the property within it. This will lead to a, a very interesting <laughs> lawsuit in a bit. Which, you know, I think that was very smart of her to hold on to Graceland. It's a moneymaker, but it's her home. You know, that's where she was born and raised. And I, I wouldn't want to part with it either. 2006, she appeared in the music video for Johnny Cash's God's Gonna Cut You Down. And that video won a 2008 Grammy Award for Best Short Music Video. In 2007, the single In the Ghetto was released. That was originally released by Elvis in 1969. And one of Tana's favorite songs ever. It's just a bizarre song. I don't know. <laughs> That's 2007. She also appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show to perform the song with the Harlem Gospel Choir using vintage footage of Aww. her father. You really can't shake Elvis. You know, we looked at, we talked about Brandon Lee in a past episode. And mm -hmm. every time he would get interviewed, it was like, your dad, Bruce, your dad, Bruce, your dad, Bruce. And, yeah. and some people just can't get out of the shadows. Mm -hmm. So somewhere prior to 2008, Michael Lockwood joins Lisa Marie's band as a guitarist. 
And on January 22nd, 2008, they marry in Kyoto, Japan. And believe it or not, her first husband, Danny Kehoe, is the best man. That is interesting. October 7th, Presley gave birth to fraternal twin girls. The couple had a home in England in Keos Manor, Rothfield, East Sussex, where Presley enjoyed life out of the limelight just for a little bit. You know, and I think she was probably really happy at that time. I don't know, but I'm just guessing. You know, she was married and she had twin girls and, you know... Being out of the limelight, it's got to got to take pressure off, and and she was probably really happy for a while. Well, the only thing is that the twins eventually lead her to the opioids that she will eventually be addicted to. Except for that, yes, I did. <laughs> I did see that. I was going to mention that next that it was after childbirth, so she had a, cis- a cesarean section, you know, twin girls. But back then, that was what they were prescribing for pain, and I. I don't remember being offered anything like that when I had my my daughter, and I don't think I would have taken it, but I didn't think the pain was so unbearable either. Why do you need opioids after childbirth? Right. Um, yeah, my ex-wife had a cesarean C-section too. She did not have very little pain pills. Like I think they said, have some Advil. Right. Yeah. Get Tylenol. I think they gave me Tylenol. It's 2009, Michael Jackson passes away. Presley was reported to have felt shattered. At the, at the casket, one of the last to leave, they said. I wonder really what kind of connection they actually had. You just, know, I think they were just really good friends and they were, they understood each other from growing up in similar fashion, you know, with famous families. And it, I did read somewhere that they did try to reconcile intermittently for several years after their divorce. And honestly, I think it was just the companionship and the the camaraderie of, hey, we grew up similarly and we can relate to each other. So she is still playing some music. In 2012, mm-hmm. Storm and Grace was released. And Entertainment Weekly praised it as smoky, spooky single, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. Lisa Marie is a Southern American folk music artist of great value. I will say that song was different from her others, and it wasn't bad. Also in 2012, she opened a new exhibit at Graceland, Elvis Through His Daughter's Eyes. It included uh, the Graceland VIP tour, and it features 200 items assembled by Presley and the Graceland Archives staff. And the exhibit looks really closely at her growing up, her famous father, home movies, toys, and rarely seen family mementos. I did not, when I went to Graceland, I did not get the VIP. Did you go to Grace? Have you been there? Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. No. You You should try it. It's fun. I should. 2014, Presley leaves Scientology. Though she had been experiencing growing discontent with the organization as early as 2008. So let's dive into the Scientology aspect of Lisa Marie's life. We haven't really touched a whole lot on it. We did mention Priscilla pursued them after Elvis died. Lisa Marie spent time at their rehab center. She met her future husband. I think that she said that her mother really was in it for more of seeking solace and and taking the classes. But Lisa Marie herself actually rose in the ranks of the Scientology religion. And she was the second highest auditing level. She said she finally learned to realize when she was out, this was 2014, 
I never finished it. I quit after three months. It was all bull. It was just about control and it was just a way of getting money. And then in an interview, they asked her about the relationships with former church members. She said that she detested Tom Cruise from the start. She hated him. And she said, I never want to be in a room with him again. Lisa Murray Presley does mention that John Travolta and his late wife, Kelly Preston, were somewhat mentors to her. I think that they were, that was an important friendship. But here is the reason that she wasn't very vocal about leaving the church. She stayed silent because she had two nannies and they were both Scientologists. And she said her children were so in love with them. And she also had a security executive who worked with her and he was Scientologist. And she thought that her kids would be destroyed if they lost their nannies. So she left quietly, but she did leave. And just so we can make it clear, we do not have an opinion for or against Scientology. And I actually did some videos with them back in the mid 2000s. So we, we love you, Scientology. Don't come after us. Have a great day. <laughs> right, <Anyway>. exactly. <laughs> So in 2016, Presley filed for divorce from Lockwood after 10 years of marriage. 2017, in February, the couple's children were placed in the temporary care of Priscilla Presley after Lisa allegedly found inappropriate images of children on Lockwood's personal computer in a divorce court filing challenging Lockwood's request for spousal support. The Beverly Hills Police Department investigated the allegations, examining over 80 electronic devices and found no criminal activity and referred the matter to investigators in Tennessee. Later that year, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigations closed its investigation of the allegations made by Presley, citing no evidence of a crime. But can we just back up and go to the 80 electronic devices? Who has that many? And like, why? <laughs> and even in 2023, that's a lot of devices. I, what are you checking the, are you checking the, the microwave? You know, TVs, phones, tablets. Cameras. Cameras. Um, Xbox. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> 2018, Presley was featured on the title track of the compilation, Where No One Stands Alone, a collection of her father's gospel songs. The songs were reworked into a duet between Presley and her father. A music video for the song was released in which Presley is incorporated into scenes of her and her father. And I think it makes sense. I think she she knows that that's what people want to see and hear. She knows that it means a lot to have her father's involvement in her music. I, and I think at this point, she's 15 years into trying to make her own music. And what works? What works is nostalgia connecting her with her dad. Yes. And yes. at that point, it's like, okay, let's give people what they want. Also yeah. in 2018, according to reports, Presley's net worth dwindled to a mere $14,000. That's right. $14,000. That's wow. according that's according to a lawsuit against former business manager Barry Siegel. Siegel sold 85% of her interest in Presley Enterprises, which caused Lisa Marie to be 500,000 in credit card debt and 16 million in overall debt. Siegel used the money from the sale to better himself in other interests. Those interests didn't work out. He began selling her assets in order to supplement the trust income. Siegel countersued for $800,000 in back payment. That's all I could find on this lawsuit. I do know that Priscilla had sold her home for $8 million during this time to keep creditors at bay and help Lisa Marie. I don't know who won this lawsuit. I have no idea. I looked all over the place. 
and there was nothing. Everything I found had to do with Riley and Priscilla and their uh -huh. legal, their legal battles. We're fast forwarding a little bit here. She was four million dollars in debt at the time of her death. When you think about it, she was 50, right? And she inherited her father's estate at 25, $100 million. In 25 years, she blows through $100 million. Like, where does that go? Rich people I, probably. I think, I, <laughs> I think it goes to this money will never run out until it does. Yeah, I would say maybe some to Scientology. Possibly. Even though we love Scientology, they'll come That's after right. us. Tragedy strikes Lisa Marie and family in 2020. Benjamin Keough died on July 12th at the age of 27 in Calabasas, California from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Office listed his death as a suicide. Keough shot himself while at a party for his girlfriend, Diana Pinto and brother-in-law, Ben Smith Peterson. Neighbors alleged that they had heard someone scream, don't do it before hearing a gunshot blast Re reports that Benjamin struggled with drugs and alcohol, blaming being raised in the church of Scientology stating it messes you up. We're quoting. We're quoting. Yes. This is totally what Benjamin said. Lisa Marie stated grief is something you have to carry with you for the rest of your life. In spite of what certain people or culture wants us to believe you do not get over it. You do not move on period. After Benjamin's death, Lisa Marie began living with ex-husband and Benjamin's father, Danny Keough, in what believed to be a shared residence. The move was announced as strictly platonic to help each other cope with the grieving of their son's death. Which is totally understandable. And she had referenced many times that they were, that was her best friend and he was just always there. Her first love, you know, I, it totally makes sense to me. And I, I, I think it's great that he was there. But I'm going to ask you this question, Tana. Mm -hmm. When we talk about the death of Brittany Murphy yes. and the mom and Monjack sharing a bed, <laughs> that seemed weird nope. to you, though. That was totally different. Well, they shared a bed. I mean, from what we've read, Lisa Marie and her ex-husband, Danny, they, they had separate bedrooms. And even if they didn't, that would, I don't know, they're grieving they were, the loss of their son. And they, and they were married at one point too. Yeah, so. totally different. And in 2021, the divorce from Lockwood was finalized on May 26th. So wait, how long did that take? That was, we're going time. on five years. And I think from what I read, there was a bitter custody battle with the twins and also regarding money, all of that stress and strain. She also, believe it or not, she had some weight problems. Like she had body issues. At some point in her life, she had had a weight loss surgery. About six months before her death, she had gone on crazy diet and lost, I want to say they said 40 to 50 pounds in six weeks. I mean, just an unhealthy amount in such a short time. And she did that because she was going to be going to the Golden Globes because the movie Elvis with Austin Butler was receiving awards or was nominated and she was going to the awards and she wanted to look her best for that. Speaking of the Golden Globe, she looks, she looks very sickly there. She looks sickly. She looks gaunt. I think she was a little out of it. I mean, I know she was a little out of it, but there was a a moment where she was holding on to Danny and she literally even said, I'm going to hold your arm. Like she was stumbling, couldn't make it up to the, the landing. He realized that she wasn't going to be able to make it up those stairs. So he came down to her. You could really tell that something was just not right. Something was off. Um, to bring things full circle, Jerry Schilling 
was there for the birth of Lisa Marie in January 10th of 2023. He is her chaperone at the Golden Globes, mm. which brings everything kind of full circle close to her death, just two days before her death. On January 12th, around 10.30 a.m., she suffered a cardiac event, and it was her housekeeper who found her. Danny had gone to drop off the girls at school and came back. They tried to resuscitate her, and they took her to West Hills Hospital in Los Angeles, and she died later that day. I've read in different areas that she had small bowel obstruction and she also possibly had a heart attack. And it's interesting because I believe the bowel obstruction slash heart attack is what killed Elvis. Well, so I don't know about the bowel obstruction in Elvis, but what, what I read about Lisa Marie was that the previous weight loss surgery she had had however many years ago had developed scar tissue and that scar tissue grew and grew and it's kind of like veins. They just kind of spread to where she, she had a bowel obstruction and the opioids was mask were masking the pain. So she didn't really, I mean, she, she did complain of some stomach pain that morning, but because she was still on the drugs, she really didn't know the extent of her condition. Hundreds attended Presley's public memorial service that was held at Graceland on January 22nd of 2023 and more than 1.5 million people watched the service via live stream. It's a lot of people. Presley was buried in the Graceland Meditation Garden next to her son Benjamin and adjacent to her father Elvis. Among those in attendance included her mother, surviving children, family friend Jerry Schilling, former Memphis Mayor A.C. Wharton, Guns N' Roses lead singer Axl Rose, the Smashing Pumpkins lead singer Billy Corgan, Sarah, Duchess of York, who also spoke, the gospel quartet of the Blackwood Brothers, singer Alanis Morissette, and both the director and star of Elvis, respectively, Boz Lerman and Austin Butler. After the death of Lisa Marie Presley, Priscilla files a lawsuit, I believe against the estate, because she is no longer the trustee of Lisa Marie's estate. Lisa Marie had changed the trustee back in 2016 replaced her mother with her daughter, Riley. And I think Priscilla was questioning the validity of that document where she changed the trustee. I don't think that it went anywhere. I think it was a legally binding document. And in the end, I believe that Riley was declared the sole trustee of her mother's estate. We said earlier she was around $4 million in debt when she died. Well, thankfully, she had taken out some pretty hefty life insurance policies on herself. She had two that were, I guess, confirmed. Another was speculated, but the two that were confirmed, one for $10 million and one for $25 million. So her estate was now worth $35 million, I guess less the $4 million she owed. But anyhow, <laughs> there was a lot of money there upon her death as we find as we dig into these celebrities that pass away sometimes they are worth way more dead than they yes. are alive and now it's time for tana's trivia tana's got some trivia tidbits she's gonna well, share with us nothing too crazy for lisa marie presley a lot of it we've already talked about but one thing i thought was interesting was that she inherited the Presley lip curl, which her father had, and also, like her father, battled an ongoing weight problem. 
which we touched on. But the lip curl thing, I don't think I ever saw her do that. Did you? No, and I've never seen her overweight either. Exactly. Her mother, Priscilla Presley, implied in a 1986 People magazine article that she was planning for college when actually she had dropped out of high school the year before. So Lisa Marie Presley never graduated high school. In the beginning of 1988, 20-year-old Lisa and 43-year-old Priscilla embarked on a commercial for Oldsmobile. The commercial ran for approximately one year, and it's the only commercial that mother and daughter have done together. And my last bit of trivia, which I think is sweet, her children provided vocal support in the chorus on the track entitled To Whom It May Concern on her first album. And that is Tana's Trivia Tidbits, brought to you by a sponsor when we get one. Yeah. Thanks, Tana. Mm -hmm. Tana, and now we want to hear your second segment of the afternoon. Yes. Quotes, Lisa Marie Presley and her quotes. Okay, so these are fantastic because I feel like it really sums up who Lisa Marie Presley was. I don't deal well with admiration if it's for something I haven't done other than exist. Next one, I'm trying to have my own thing and I don't know if it's even possible. I didn't realize so many people actually think I'm trying to be like my dad. I, I read comments like, she's no Elvis. I'm not trying to be. I never set out to be. I'll say it loud and say it proud. I'm completely insane. I saved the best for last. There's a lot of different videos and clips of interviews with Lisa Marie Presley on YouTube. Pick out three or four and I bet you anything, this quote from her will be in there. And what's so funny about this quote is I don't think she's using it correctly. But she loves to say this. Okay. They're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I don't really know what she's getting at with that, but she says it a lot. Like she says that in a lot of different interviews. And I don't think she's using it correctly. <laughs> I think that's why it's so funny to me. Those were Tana's quotes of Lisa Marie Presley. Thanks, Tana, for that. Yeah. And that's it. That's Lisa Marie Presley. What's your final take on the life and death of Lisa Marie? Well, like many of our dead celebrities that we have covered, her life was a tragedy that she simply couldn't get away from the spotlight. A lot of people like Lisa Marie Presley couldn't handle the spotlight. Not that she took her own life, but she just had a hard time dealing with it. She did have a lot of tragedy in her life. And I, I do feel sorry for her that she had so much that she had to go through. So rest in peace. Rest in peace. I do feel that she constantly had battles. This is some advice to all of us. Just take our battles and absorb them sometimes and just be you, be yourself. And I think if she would have just relaxed and stopped worrying about what other people thought of herself, it's easy for me to say, it's easy for me to say, I'm not somebody from famous, famous lineage. Instead of forcing them to like you, just, just be you. I think she was a hard nosed kid who she did try. She tried to do what was right, tried to be the best mom she could, the best wife she could. She just, everything was hard for her and I feel bad for her. Yes, I agree. Well, that's it. Thank you, Tana. Where can everybody find you? You can reach me by email. It's Tana, T-A-N-A -A, at dead-celebs.com. And my name is Brent, and you can find me at brent at dead-celebs.com as well. And to see all our social media and all past podcasts, you can go to 
www.dead-celebs.com. Another episode done. Thank you, Tana. Thank you, Brent. This is a great night. Thank you, everybody. Take care, and we'll see you next time. For a legal disclaimer, please visit www.dead-celebs.com. The Actor Factor brings the industry knowledge to you firsthand from professionals, including working actors, directors, managers, and more. Find it anywhere podcasts are streamed. If you are struggling with thoughts of suicide, please reach out. Help is available. Dial 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline.